May peace and blessings be bestowed upon my listeners. Today's episode actually took place a couple of days ago. I'm here and I'm going to air it how it went, you know, I enjoyed it. This is Sage the Great and this is Sage Mode. November 26th, I had the honor to sit down with two brothers who allowed me to come through and be part of their podcast. Harold and Rob. The name of their podcast is Space City Renegade 713. I had the opportunity and the honor to come through and be a guest on the show. Me as well as Paisley. You know, and I think it was a cool opportunity because it was actually my first. You know, my cousin Harold, he also has a studio, it's called Black Kaleidoscope Studio. He's a photographer. So if you're into modeling it and you need someone to take photos, he's also the guy. Space and the Renegades coming to you. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Just in time. Hello. Hello all. Go ahead, put your headphones on so we can hear everyone. All right. 
Oh, I forgot. Yeah, because it makes my no hair. Headphones. It makes my hair look funny, but I'll make sure I speak in here. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, everybody. Another episode of Space City Renegades. You know how we are. I'm Harold. Rob. We have two special guests here today. A previous podcast partner of mine and my cousin. <laughs> who has his own podcast. You guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Drop your at tags so everyone knows where to find you at. All right. I'm Paisley. You can find me on YouTube. Paisley Hayes. Go support. Check out the channel. Yeah, I'm Sage the Great. You can catch me on Spotify. You know, Sage Mode. You know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the last live stream me and Rob did, we basically reviewed the Black Panther movie. Yes. And we talked about black men taking their image back. Yes, we did. And it seems lately that has been nothing but the topic of the news. Yeah. So we had our finger on the pulse once again. Yeah, we, once again. We've done it again. We've done it again. I still yeah. haven't seen the movie. Well, we won't it's, spoil it's it. It's worth the watch. It's it's, worth it. It, it, it's it's not as good as the first one. Because I'm very critical with movies. I absolutely oh. understand. <laughs> I'm very critical. From what I've been seeing, uh, it didn't bring as many seats to the theater as it did the last one. So, of course, we're not going to spoil it in this one. We already spoiled it on our uh, Instagram yeah, live. Yeah. It's on my page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got something going on with your beard, sir. Oh, no. What are you doing? Eating chicken? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I had a, a cinnamon roll before I came here. Yeah. <laughs> That I was being so fat. good. It, it was amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> it's uh, not Cinnabon. I don't want to hear about it. Man, you, you tripping? Um, shout out to my homie Donnell. He brought me some from Panera Bread. Oh, yeah. okay. I worked yeah. there for like four years. Those cinnamon rolls are nice. Yeah, I like those. They bread in general is nice, it, nigga. Like my first time having Panera Bread, I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's, it's really good. Before I worked there, I really didn't eat there, and that's kind of how I thought, but no, that shit's good. <laughs> shit is good. Only time I have Panera Bread is when they're catering at my job, but yeah, that's about all. Mm. So, now that we're all here, we wanted to continue from the, where we were last time as far as... You need to get comfortable. I can just, you know, so I can just chill. As long as I can hear you, we are good. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, what we've been touching on, um, I want to say the last two streams, has basically been about presentation. Presentation of self and how we've been presenting ourselves as a culture. Yes. Because the last time we were here, it was Julian and Amina with us, and we were basically talking about how generationally we've been, I guess you could say, straying away from actually looking for the important things in family? Hmm. So, here's the thing. Okay. Because <laughs> these are more layered questions. These aren't just, well, yes or no questions. These are more broader Give it to me questions. 50 words. Oh, nigga. <laughs> I know. Don't get fought out. <laughs> in 50 words, can you describe? No. <laughs> but no, Um, I would say... Because there's a lot of factors that play into it. From just a people standpoint, yes, we have been on a trajectory that has deviated the family dynamic. Yes, we have been on that trajectory. But there, there are factors that play into that. That some of it is our fault. Some of it isn't. 
Some of it is just in the middle, you know? Mm. But it, it, all in all, like we said last podcast and the time we were here before then, we need to find, I don't know, maybe like a silver lining for our culture. I feel like uh, black people in general, we need to find some type of, some type of something. I don't know, should it be a system? Should it be a job? Should it be, I don't know what specific thing we should do as a culture to start to grow like we've been doing in the past. Because at one point we were like 15% of the uh, United States population. Now we're back to 13.5, I think. You of really believe that? I mean, numbers matter. Numbers matter. Numbers matter. Never forget, we are the majority. Worldwide, yes. Yes. America, no. Yes. Regardless of how you look at it, we are still the majority. What makes us the minority is the mm. fact that we do not rule when it comes down to systematic things because we do not have structure because they went out their way to infiltrate and mm -hmm. destroy our structures. That's why we have so many dysfunctional families as is. This is true. But see, that's why I said it's more of a layered question. It's not yeah, just a one or a this. It's a, okay, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then that happened. And that's what led us to this point. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what led us to this point. So, no, I agree. I, I do agree. But I also would say that... Um, us as black men in specific, we... Are the targets. Just go on there. We are the targets. Not only are we the target, but sometimes we got the gun too. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But what I've always hated that people love to uh, bring up is that, oh, well, American black men, they only try to do things to fit into the patriarchy. And I've always hated that because a lot of the things we have done is to just survive. We've been in survival mode for a very long time. And sometimes it may look like we're just, oh, yes, I would, I would love to go do everything the white man does. Oh, yes, I would love to. But it's not really that. It's survival. Okay, I have to sell this brick to make said money, to put money into the rap career so we can get out the hood. Or yeah. I have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's designed for us to fail. It is. It is. It's everywhere you look. They put it in your face yeah. to make it appealing. You see what I'm saying? It's like we have to actually dead a mindset and create a new mindset. Yes. We have to get into the mindset of actually being entrepreneurs in the sense that I can't get out here and just sell dope just yes. to look good or just to have money. I got to figure out a real regiment and build a mm. skill for myself so I can take niggas off the street. I yes. can take people off the streets from doing whatever they do. They get them incarcerated. Yes. Give them something better so they have something to look forward to versus having nothing to look forward to. So I'm out here just surviving. Exactly. We got we to gotta establish a point to where we're no longer surviving, but we are actually living. Living. Because when you, you hear the terms living to die, are you really living to die? You're dying to live. That's why you're in survival mode because mm -hmm. everything that actually hits you in the head, it hits you and it puts you in a position to be defensive. Yes. So when you're being assertive, it come off as aggressive. You're misunderstood because you didn't have male figures around you to give you the game because they were stripped away from you due to the system. Yes. There's nothing wrong with being raised by women. But when do you have that masculine to show you what masculinity is? Yeah. So it, it plays a part in destroying us as men. We're already the targets. That's why everything they do is to break us so they can get rid of us. Yes. 
when you can get rid of a man, you can do what you want with his children and his family. So if you grow up and you don't have this intellect of what you should do or the mindset, rather, mm -hmm. you find yourself in, in positions and predicaments that causes you to be put down. And now you're back in survival mode because now you're doing everything just yeah. to survive. This leads yeah, into one of the questions we had on one of our other podcasts. Is our culture defeating us? And, but that's a even, it, it's like layered question and then another layered question. You can't just, it's never. It's a long-winded conversation. That's it's, why we're here. Damn it, now I got to get up and shit. Damn, see, I was trying to chill. I was trying to get comfortable. My have a nice little discussion. Sip my yak. <laughs> <laughs> Sip my yak. But all right, niggas, this what y'all want to do? All right. This is what we always do. I know. We're in the spaceship. <laughs> we are in higher. the spaceship. So here's the thing. This is tough. So piggybacking off what you said, the system is designed for us to fail. Someone has to fail for someone else to win. So as long as me and you keep failing, they can win. <laughs> but the problem is, is that, okay, so how much longer must I fail for you to win? Because I'm sick of failing. I'm sick of doing this. I'm sick of doing that. I'm sick of... Let me change your mindset. Yeah. Don't look at failure as actually failing. When you fail, it's only because you're trying. I used to tell people all the time, don't tell me don't try, just do it. Because when you try, you're succeeding to fail because you're only trying. You're not looking to actually progress. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it just so you can complain about it. See, see, the catch is, when you started working out, you mm -hmm. complain, I, shit, I complain. I'm late to PE every day. Every day you're late, that's an automatic 20. You have to do 20 push-ups to get in. Back at that time, 20 push-ups felt like 500 push-ups. Like a motherfucker. Get down there, be down there all day. Get up, complain about it. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you're doing them 20 push-ups like it's nothing. Now you like, man, what's this, man? I, I give you 50. And they looking at you like, you can't do no 50 push-ups. I'm down here slaving with you every day because I'm always late. This is part of the contract, right? right? But let me show you what it is. See, when it comes down to being competitive, there is nothing wrong with being competitive. Mm. What we find out with niche and failure with competitive, being competitive, is the fact that we're competitive with people. Mm -mm, fuck that. Be competitive with you. I, I want to be the best me every day, which means when I wake up, I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. So mm -hmm. every time I sit down, I'm sharpening myself to be better for the next second. Yes. Versus watching your movements. If you teach me to fist, but I stay watching your line, what am I catching for myself? I still have my hand out. Yep. How you do that? Ooh, that was live. How you throw that like that? Instead of me doing all that, I should be watching and applying the same craft skills that you are, but finding my own unique niche. That's what competitism is. It has nothing to do with nobody, but we get it confused because we like sports so much. My team is better than your team type shit. Type shit. But everybody's very talented and skilled. We just look at it differently. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I was coming from more of a systematic standpoint and not oh, from yeah. an individual standpoint. Oh, yeah. But I do agree. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I agree fully. You you are in competition with yourself every day, all day. Because when you go to sleep at night and when you wake up, who do you see? You see you. You see you. So I, I'll, I mm -hmm. champion that shit every day. I was speaking more of a societal type of thing because... Um, Throughout American history, mm -hmm. uh, we are the scapegoat. <laughs> of course, of course. In everything that you look at, we are always the scapegoat. Now, how do you keep yourself from being the scapegoat? You have to, like I said earlier, you have to. Where we have to find this silver lining within our culture to no longer need that or to no longer be a part of that. 
I say we get our finances right and pull away from voting for a while. But this is another thing. If you really want to find the silver lining, Mm -hmm. you actually have to detach yourself from the systematic skill and Mm -hmm. actually apply it to a systematic individual, which is self. Because by you doing that, you change your mindset. By you changing your mindset, you change the universe that you live in. Mm -hmm. By you change the universe you live in, you manifest change. Yes. By you changing, you change the next. It's a chain effect, a ripple effect. Each one teach one. So if I'm going to be the example, I have to lead by example. True. So at the end of the day, I get frustrated with it too. I ain't going to sit here and lie. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I got I to gotta suck that shit up and do what I have to do for me because if I don't do what I have to do, shit, who going to do it for me? Exactly. Who going to so, do it for you? So if you want to change something, you have to be the change. Like, I'm going to give you a prime example, right? I feel like a Michael Jackson song. Make that change. going to feel real good. <laughs> like, like, Two months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, put a picture like this. Talk to me. I did seven years in prison. Damn. I come home. I moved to West Texas. I start moving furniture. I lose my spot due to a fact of party being thrown by coworkers. So the company decided that us coworkers couldn't stay on the property of the trailers. It was for contractors only. But okay. me being part of the A team, I worked for the company, but I always stayed out with drivers and contractors. Uh-huh. So for me to come home to see the family, I got that phone call. I pull. I go get my shit. I'm not going back because I ain't got a place to stay. And really, I was on some shit like I can get mine. I get it out the dirt. I can live on the street. It don't matter. I'm cool with everybody out there in this small white town, right? Right. But I had a puppy. You met my dog, Envy. I remember. Now, when I came out here, she was nothing but four months old. I'm not going back out there and have my dog die because, yeah, I took care of her from birth. She was born in the house where I was. I bottle fed her the whole ten. Mm. That's my child. I'm not finna have her on the streets catching parvo while I'm at work getting out find out she died because whoever I left her with didn't do my dog justice like I would. Yeah. So I brought my ass back. I started working security. I went from working security to working to a warehouse and realized I cannot stand working for people. I do not like nine to fives. Mm-hmm. Not because it's a nine to five, but because I'm working for somebody else. Now, if I'm in here busting my ass and it's going unnoticed, and I'm sitting here learning all the things you have to offer. And I'm the guy that you can call on to do any and every fucking thing. But you cutting my pay because we get paid commission for what we do. Now, if you call me to do somebody else's job, you cutting into my, my hours. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Because we don't get that hourly pay. We get paid for what we do. So every time you call me to do something that I've taught myself to do in your warehouse, you're taking money out of my pocket. And when I bring it to your attention and you don't fix it, it just get lower and lower. Then we started losing our main customers. Because y'all mistreating us now, the things are going bad for 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 the customers that actually have items in this warehouse. Mm-hmm. You mad at us, but now I'm looking at it like this. If I can work for you, maintain this with disciplinaries, and you threaten to fire me, but you can't because I'm one of the hardest working individuals you got in here, I can quit on you yeah. at any given moment. And you can be like, I'm a quitter. True. But just the catch, I quit. Now I got my own company selling herbal products for Herbalife Nutrition. I started my podcast. When I started the podcast, I was at the warehouse. When they found out that I had a podcast, they did everything in their power to keep me there. So I couldn't actually sit down and produce material to help people with their journey of self-love and self-help and healing themselves. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That actually made me irritated because I feel like this is a profound message that everybody needs to hear, right? Right. So... In the process of me doing all this, 
I went back to my old love of music. Now I'm making beats. I'm making music. I'm doing all the things that I love to do, and I'm getting paid to do it. But the catch is, I build my own schedule. So now I go 10 times harder for myself than I did for any other company. And, and most folks ask me how I do it. I just smile and say it's a secret because at the end of the day, when you love what you do, you'll do it for free. And when you start doing it for free, it brings you revenue. Yeah. So if, if I can change my mind and change the way I carry myself to better myself, I know the next person can. I'd rather be that example because by me being an example and changing my mindset, I'm helping the masses do the same thing because you can't say I speak it and don't stand on it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Paisley, you've been quiet. I'm just listening. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> She's letting the black men speak. Because <laughs> I'm hearing some things that you resonate with. You stop wanting to work for people because you got tired of it. You struck out on your own. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I manifested getting fired from my job um, four years ago. Wait, we're past November. What, what, what's what's it? It is at the tail end of November. Okay, so November tenth, I got fired in two thousand eighteen. November twenty sixth, I started working for myself. Um, so yeah, <laughs> what's the question? I wasn't necessarily a question. What we're basically hinting at is how do we separate in order to build? Because it seems we have an over reliance right now on wanting other people to fix it. My suggestion was just pull back, work on the economic status of it all, and then once people start coming to buy our participation in voting again, I, I've been standing firmly on no tangibles, no vote for a very long time. If I feel like I'm not getting anything by supporting your platform or any other kind, I'm not even going to speak about it. I'm, uh, I'm very anti-woke culture. I'm anti-socialism, I'm anti-communism. I don't believe that there is a system that can stand where you're just feeding everybody simply because they exist. It's either you're doing it for yourself and working toward your desired goal, or it's just not going to work. Did you mess up the microphone, Mom? No, keep talking. Why are you worried okay. about me? Damn. Because you're over there struggling. <laughs> Quit worrying about me, man. All right, but just like how Darius was saying, a lot of times you have to be willing to do the parts that are unglamorous just to get to the part that's glamorous. We critique social media so much to where we don't realize that only what we're seeing is just the 1% exciting life or the exciting part of yeah, life that's put on social media. The, the other 99% is everything you don't. Well, it's either the other 99% is what you don't want people to see or just the parts that don't interest anybody. The main reason why reality TV is so engaging is because you see a bunch of drama. Yes. Everybody seems to love drama. Yeah, because hate travels faster. But you know what's funny about what you're saying? It's just the flip vibration of love. They still follow the words. They carry the same frequency. Now, if I raise my elevation, you could be wrongfully doing things against me. That don't, that don't mean I should hate you. Nah, because if I hate you, I'm sending negativity your way. Now, by me doing that, I can fuck around and miss my blessing. You're not worth it, buddy. Nah, you can hate all day. By you hating, you love me enough to actually disprove of what I do because you acknowledge my movements every day. By you acknowledging it, you did what you had to do. 
You gave me your energy so I can continue to move forward. I don't have to actually engage you. So let your haters be your motivators? No, this is, this, I feel like this In a is, sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a sense, yeah. I feel like this was an extension of what you were talking to me about on Thanksgiving, the alchemy conversation you were having with me. Yes, transmuting pain, hurting, et cetera, for your better development, for your growth and development. Because the moment you stop growing, you stop living because you're dead. It's just like, I like using this with anybody I talk to when I'm breaking it down simply. What do water do? In the lake, river, in the ocean, you got a current. It's a stream. It continues to flow, right? Right. Now, equate that and compare that to your bloodstream. Uh-huh. What causes your blood to flow? My heart. Your heart. But why? Because it's a muscle and it pumps blood? What does it do? What do it do? It takes your, your, your oxygen through your body, and it also helps pushes out the carbon dioxide, right? Right. Now... If I was to remove your heart oh, no. or, or was to do something to make your heart stop beating, oh, what no. would happen to your body? I would die. And you would go through the stages of rigor mortis. Yes. Now, if you take some water from a lake or some running water from a faucet and you just let that shit sit for two, three days at a time, it starts to become black water. It's, it becomes something that is so vital to you, you reject it. It becomes a breeding ground for insects, mainly mosquitoes. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you actually look at it, you never want nothing that is not in motion because it's not living. It is not fresh. Okay. Okay. Okay, so apply that now to black culture. Okay. Back in the 60s, they killed majority of all our political leaders. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Fred Hampton. Mega Evers. Mega Evers. So by them killing our political leaders, you left us with no leaders. You put dope into our neighborhoods. They People can say what they want, but we all know how dope gets here. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And you also introduce the ism to our people. Now, our people are great communicators. We have always been great communicators. But you brought the low vibration of the ism to us, which is the PIM game, which is the system itself. The system is designed to take from you. Yes. Give you what I feel you should have. Now, by you giving us this concept, this mentality, we took it to the next level, and we started doing this with our women. And then it got even worse when they started using heroin and cocaine and et cetera, et cetera, and it started the pimp game, the revolution. Now, the conscious people still push the messages, but as time passed, that conscious message was diluted. Even in music, back in the 80s, when you listened to hip-hop, it was considered hip-hop because they gave you game and enlightenment in their music. Don't but, push but me. But towards the I'm era of my birth, I'm born in 91. Dr. Dre dropped that Chronic album. <sighs> Gangsta rap took off and everything started to change. Even yeah. then, they still gave you conscious rap because you still had your conscious rappers doing their best shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They gave you the truth of what happened on the streets. The poetry of the streets started to overtell and take over. Then the pimp game, the ism, the pimp shit. You know, we're from the South. You know how we are. We play as pimps out here. But at the same time, most folks listen to this shit and they take it out of context. Yes. They glorify this shit instead of using it as an avenue to realize the illusion versus reality because it's actually our reality. But it's nothing to glorify. So with that being said, it's something like this. If I was to tell if I was to actually make a song, which I have, I have yet to record it. 
speaking now, but that's already written. It's called My Brother's Keeper. And my mm -hmm. first verse in this song, I'm pretty much calling somebody out on how you decide to get fried out when it's time to ride out. The equalizer mm -hmm. spoke, and the little homie talent just died out on some shit like this man really had a, a gift for playing sports, and this was his meal ticket to college mm -hmm. to actually better himself, stay out the streets to do his thing. But he looked up to you, so now he said, dopey skipping school. He got shot because they couldn't get to you. Now, you got to go to his mom and tell him why he got shot. You have to do all the things because you was leading this man this way. Yes. Now, if you can't do that, there's no honor about you. See, it's a it's a double whammy. It's two sides to the story. People glorify the shit, but when the shit hit the fan, they don't never want to come out and acknowledge the fact that they're responsible. See, with, when it comes to it, by them killing our political leaders, they stripped us of, of respect for self, and, and nobody acknowledged the fact when they're wrong. We always playing the blame game. If I can point the finger over here, I can alleviate the blame for me, yes. knowing that I am just as guilty as you. I cannot say, oh, you in the wrong when we both were in the wrong. Yes. What kind of motherfucker would I be? I got to own up to my own shit. I got to smell my own shit, right? Right. That's the only way to actually elevate, because by you acknowledging you fucked up, you know you got something to clean up. True. I feel like I don't have to speak this time around. Everything that I would usually say, is being said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those ideal type of things. Like, and it's not even like a clash or anything. It's the expression of ideals, and I feel like that's very important with these conversations that we have about and in our culture, because through this, someone's gonna watch this and be inspired. You know, someone's gonna watch this and be like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take that next step. I'm gonna do what's necessary for me to be a better person. So I can be this image for my people or for my family or for my friends. You know what I'm saying? So I, I appreciate this type of conversation because it, it's, it's for progression. It's, it's for us to grow. So no matter what we talk about, whether it be the hip hop or whether it be the individual, whether it be us as a, as a people or whatever it may be, as long as there is a growth to it, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, especially when it comes to building back the black community, especially because too many times have we tried it, didn't work, tried it, didn't work, tried it, didn't work. But we're at a point, and it's kind of what, kind of what we talked about um, the last episode we was here <laughs> with nigga. It's like, do we go this route with it or do we go that route with it? But Were we smart it, enough to actually take the steps to actually build a parachute or do we just fall and then just recreate yeah type shit type shit but like man it's because yes the individual yes the collective but like i don't know man it's it's so weird because we have so many black people in so many spaces in so many different realms that it's like it's hard to pinpoint okay, this is the beginning, or this is where we should start, or, like, for instance, um, when those NBA players came out and they said, you know, Black Lives Matter, we, we care, we care about black women, and da-da-da-da-da, and then they donated that money to the WNBA, I was like, okay, cool. The niggas is, is it, on it, to something. It's it, not it, much, it but they on to something. Okay. It didn't do anything, because you still have WNBA players saying we don't get enough support, when it's like, well... When you have the people who are in the back room recording the games, basically 
telling their people who are on the ground with cameras to avoid showing the NBA players showing support, that's manufactured destruction. Facts. At the end of the day, the WNBA ends up losing $10 million every year. They're subsidized by the W. They're subsidized by the WNBA. (laughs) No, they're subsidized by the NBA because the NBA makes, what, upwards to $10 billion every year just off of advertising and all these other things alone. A lot of times whenever that conversation gets brought up, it reminds me of when Draymond Green was in um, in LeBron's uh, podcast, Barbershop Talk. I yeah. think that's what it's called. Yeah. It's the talk or the chat something. The shop, I believe. The, sh- the shop, yeah. There Shout out to the shop. I believe they had... <laughs> yeah, I throw that in there. I believe they had Lisa Leslie on. And yes, she was Yeah. She was going on a long rant about what... They asked her a question of what uh, could the NBA do to basically support the WNBA more. Mm -hmm. She was going on about, oh, well, if you guys didn't go to the casino or donate some of your uh, salary, this, that, or whatever. And Draymond took offense to it, and he actually worded it very articulately. I have a problem with that notion because nobody supports the WNBA more than NBA players. He said, we do donate money. We show up to games, this, Mm -hmm. that, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I forget the young lady's name because, quite honestly, I try my best to block out hateful interactions. Mm -hmm. There was a WNBA player who basically shouted out a WNBA player. He didn't name her by name, but her response was to be, say my name or just don't support me at all. And the only thing I could think to myself was, why not just say thank you? Yeah, just be grateful. He's bringing attention to you. I, quite honestly, maybe I'm just learning to handle things with more grace. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have just been like, hi, my name is such and such and such and such, and yes, I did have a great game. Thank you for, you know, shouting me out. That probably would have traveled a lot slower, but it went viral because she basically she dismissed did, did yeah. the negative. Once again, people love drama. Hate seems to travel so much faster than love. It does. And, and it's low frequency. Of course it travels faster. I just like saying this. You remember when we were kids? Absolutely. How often we got our ass whooped because nothing went our way during family events. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Come to Papa's house, everybody in the room playing the game. You come in there, it's a line. You got to wait. You get mad. Next day, you know, they cussing you out, whooping your ass. Yeah. Now we getting our ass whooped because we're not sharing, but it's not the fact we're not sharing. It's a long line. Like, yeah. Everybody's involved. <laughs> like, I want to play. <laughs> Just like, wait, homie. Wait. Yeah, and no. you're not really used to the concept of sharing because the majority of your uh, cousins, who we would consider your extended siblings, you're coming out as single children, and single children don't really do well with sharing. Facts. They don't at all. Facts. Not at all. Not at all. That only child syndrome, I feel, is taking much hold of a lot of things going on what's in greater American culture because you run around a lot of times and you see like hyper individualism. Yes. Everybody will make a comment about something but then will say, hey man, you don't have the right to talk about that because you're not XYZ one, two, three. You're not in our community. You can't talk about our community. You're not allowed to critique it. And the only thing I think (laughs) about that is, well, what if you all are running around in a circle trying to find the answer and all it takes is somebody from the outside looking in to give you said answer because all of you are so lost in the soup you actually don't have the answer exactly but see but the problem with that is it's like once we start well not even once we it's already started so now that this hyper individual 
Ooh, I don't know why. Words aren't Ooh. coming out today. Ooh, it just beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Vocabulary. Vocabulary. <laughs> Vernacular. No. <laughs> but now that there's a lot of uh, hyper-individualism. There we go. There we go. Enunciate those syllables. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Individual. No. <laughs> but now that there's a lot of it that it's starting to bleed into real life because most of it is seen on the internet. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, the internet only going to show you the highlights. It's only going to show you what's being, you know, promoted, what's in, you know, on the front screen. And it's, oh, me, 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 team me. I'm by myself. I don't need friends. Fuck friends. I ain't got no family. Nobody did this but me, for me. And and it's just being promoted. That's all that's being pushed. So it's like, how do you, how do you live like that, bro? Because... I personally can't say, team me, I ain't got no friends. Fuck everybody. Da, 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 da. That shit, like, that shit will start to fuck with you because... It's counterproductive because you... Very. Because you understand a team effort actually goes much further than individual effort. You team can go... What is it, the saying? You could go as fast as you want by yourself, but you go much further in a team. Yeah. Teamwork, make the dream work. Can you explain why? I can explain why. Uh-oh, uh-oh. When, when you're by yourself, the vision is in your head. You're going to focus on the perfection of what you are doing. But when you're in a team, a lot of time you will have that one person who's like, why are we so focused on just making it perfect? Just put it out. Yeah. Fag. We, we, ran, we, had we, that we ran into that roadblock <laughs> not too long ago. And quite honestly, we got over it because we just got tired of waiting. Yeah. It's no funny more you say that because like, Prime example, this is my first meeting actually sitting inside a room, mm -hmm. actually having a conversation doing a podcast because, you know, my podcast, I'm pretty much by myself. Mm -hmm. So knowing that I don't have nobody else to actually fill in mm -hmm. and I want to take a break or ask somebody a question because I'm actually researching, studying, and putting it out there, I actually make music to be my filler. I would make songs, put freestyles out, make beats, whatever. And then when I just feel like I don't have it, I go find an artist that matches what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the one I just put out, Thanksgiving Day, right after you left, is called Mono versus Polly. And I'm pretty much showing you the echelons between being mono and being poly because we're interdependent individuals, meaning we're independent, but we depend on people to make shit shape. So in order to do that, you have to know yourself to know the role that you play in order to actually mesh well with somebody else. Because if you don't know yourself, it's going to always be some type of hiccup. It's so, true. And, and knowing I've been sitting on this episode for the podcast for damn near three weeks trying to make sure it's perfect, what you're saying, it hit right on the head. And just to piggyback on what you said, you said know how to play your role. Yeah. When you know yourself, you become more efficient in the role that you play. How do you know the role that you play? By learning yourself. By learning yourself, you know your weaknesses and your strong suits. Mm. You work on yourself to remove your limitations. But in the process of you removing your limitations, if you're working with team members and everybody know themselves accordingly, like you know yourself, I would know how to come to you and pick you up where you're weak at and give you the game and help you better yourself. Mm. And why don't we get you to do the same it's vice versa. And vice versa. We will build yep. each other to be stronger, to be better. So when we actually get out and actually get to performing or doing whatever we're doing, there is no slack in the chain because you're only as strong as your weakest link. This is very true. You are only as strong as your weakest link. So what is black people's weakest link? 
<laughs> Let's start there. We can talk about that now. Uh oh, uh oh. She go ahead, go ahead. Back. Oh, oh. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I was welcome waiting back. for this. It's we're divided, and I've experienced that a few times this past week. Mm. Um, mostly because I decided to, I decided to take my wig off and just wear my natural hair, but you know I've been getting like some heat for it. <laughs> You've been getting mixed reactions for wearing your own hair? Yes. For living in your own skin? Yes. Interesting. Expand yes. upon it. Yes. Um, well, we can talk about today, and let's talk about what this wig represents. So when I wear my blonde wig, I think people think that I'm white, like mm-hmm. the digital people, because they see this whole, you know, Paisley Hayes persona. So today, I made a post about how I think women should be submissive to the right man. And that's that was supposed to be about that. They turned it in because I used the ninja emoji. And the guy was like, how dare you use that? Or, what? you know, you're wrong for that. You can't use that that emoji. You, and We know what you're trying to say. And you're not allowed to say that. And I'm just like. You don't know me. First off, this, first off, this is my page. Bam. First the fuck off. That's, that's the first it's Second off, I'm tired. And it's the black men. I get more racist comments from the black man than I would the white man. And I'm just so confused as to why. Is it because of my skin tone? I'm sorry I'm ethnically mm-hmm. ambiguous. But <laughs> we have people in, like, the hip-hop community that aren't even black saying the word all the time. But I am. That's what my birth certificate says. That's what both my parents are. But it's a problem because they don't see me as such. Mm. I don't, I don't know if we had this conversation on camera, but I did bring that up. About uh, colorism? No, not colorism. That black people tend to be a whole lot more racist than what they would like to admit. Oh, that was that was a while ago. And we that was a heated debate. <laughs> okay. Because everybody wanted to be like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, no. Have you looked outside lately? <laughs> Me and you and Q had that conversation at his house. Okay, thank you. Because I, I, I knew I wasn't imagining this conversation going on. So, ah, man, oh, by all means. Do you realize that racism is truly not racism? It's more of a form of self-hate. Because when you look at somebody and you actually say that I don't like you because of your skin color, mm-hmm. it's something inside of you that makes you feel that way. What triggers you? Why do you hate it so Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, just because you light skin don't mean you don't have the same blood flowing in your veins as I do. This is very true. I have many cousins that are light skinned but just because they light skin don't make them Caucasian. Just because they look like an outsider don't really mean they're an outsider. Y'all do know what capitalism and imperialism is, right? Absolutely. Yes, we do. We do know that's do. what our our system is ran from and off of, right? Yes. Now, yes, we do. If we capitalizing. That mean if you fuck up, I capitalize on your fuck up. What was yours is now mine because you fucked up. Now I came up, yep. right? Right. Now, imperialism also plays a part in spreading, right? But if we using these two terms together, it's more like divide and conquer. Because if I can separate you from your lineage and erase your memory of who you truly are, mm-hmm. I can pretty much tell you that the sky is purple. And you're going to eat that up because what I say is golden because I'm your God, because I'm your master, because I'm the one that's leading you. Versus you actually taking the time to do your homework. Like, when I was incarcerated, most of my heated debates where damn it came to blows was always based on religion. Because I grew up in a Christian church, 
But I actually study Islam. I'm a five percenter. My way of life is Islam. I self law and master. Mm. And when it comes to religion, I'm fast to tell people my religion is alchemy. Not because I'm trying to be funny or be fly, but if you really think about it, everything we do is based off of the transmutation of energy. Now, if I want to be divine, I got to look within myself to transmute all the fucked up shit about me and refine myself to make myself great and golden, right? Right. Now, if I have to do that, I have to do that and apply that to all things. When we cook, that is a form of alchemy. When we smoke, that is a form of alchemy. Hell, when you drink water, that is a form of alchemy. Everything you do is based off of the transmutation of something else. So when it comes down to it, you can never just look at the big picture like, oh, he racist. No. What do you hate about yourself that you need to actually go back and fix? What do you need to go back to your childhood and rediscover so you can really fix that shit and love yourself? So you can be a better you tomorrow and help the next person at the same time. Because that's like saying this. You get in a relationship with a woman, right? Everything right. start off great and golden. Four, five months down the line, she show you a whole other side. Now you confused. And then she start to nitpick with you. She's angry with you, but you have not given her a reason to be angry. Now... Knowing that you already doing the work with yourself, now you questioning within your mental, should I stay or should I go? Do I continue to help this person or do I leave this person to their own devices to figure it out on their own? Because at the end of the day, I can give you all the tools and resources to build yourself. But are you going to truly appreciate the fact that I actually took the time to stop what I was doing to provide you with all the resources to fix yourself? Or are you going to continue to try to take advantage of me and fuck over me because I'm the one providing for you? Okay, <laughs> but how does that translate into racism or, in her case, colorism? Because Easy. she's getting comments Easy. from because, black men. Because you got to look at it like this. Okay. Many black men grew up around their mothers. Mm -hmm. Now, I told you already, back in the 60s, they killed all our political leaders. Yes. Now, we growing up, we watching these cops kill people all day, every day. And nine times out of ten, they're our color, right? Right. Now, you know like I know... We're the only folks on this planet that can actually have a child, and that child can come out light-skinned, albino. I got a cousin named Lil Dunn. He brighter than her. His eyes are brown and green. You'll see him, and you think he from New Orleans, one of the white boys from New Orleans, Creole folk. Mm. He's 100% he's nigga, but you'll never catch it because at the end of the day, he like me. He like rock music. He like heavy metal. He would play that shit all day, and I'd be right there head banging with his ass. And he and his voice is very, very deep, and the way he carries himself is odd because he really don't have a social life because he was homeschooled all his life. You see him, and you think he was just a white boy that grew up in a trailer. But facts, he from Acres Home. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. And then when you see his little sister, she dogging than me. And you'd be like, that ain't your sister. And he'd be like, nigga, that's my little sister. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like... By us having that ability to produce albino people, people without skin pigmentation, most folks look at that, but they really don't acknowledge it. Yeah. They just look at your skin tone and just assume. They make an ass of you and me for the simple fact they are assuming things. True. So in this sense, they are assuming that she's not a sister due to the color of her skin. But at the end of the day, it's something about them within them that they hate to make them even point it out. See, when people hate something about themselves, when they see somebody else living in their truth, they go out their way to poke holes and, and try to sink their ship to make mm -hmm. them feel less of a person to lower their self-esteem based off of the fact that they have low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, that is all that is. 
If I'm fucked up and I hate myself in some form of fashion and I see you doing your thing, my job is to bring you down where I'm at. Why? Because crabs in a barrel do what? Pull each other down. Pull each other. In another word, misery love company. If I do not take the time to fix what makes me miserable, I will forever be seeking those who are miserable. Yeah. Because my frequency and my energy will always attract what I am. Hmm. Okay. It's pure ignorance. Pure ignorance at its finest. You know, I did, so, I did read a lot of books when I was incarcerated, and, and the law of manifestation was one of them. And it did say in the book, when you living in a certain frequency, what you are is what you attract. So when you're dealing with people that are not healed, it's only because you still have healing to do. So what do we as a culture do when we face certain things from outside of it? So like you said, we, this crab in the bucket mentality. Mm -hmm. So let's say we fix that, okay? What stops the outsider from still fucking with me? You. Acknowledge your self-inflicted wounds, then you can go ahead and address what other people are doing to you. So he knows exactly where it's at. But like, so, okay, but we fix, okay, okay, so say we fix it. Say black people, okay, we fix everything, and they still come in and try to kill something. What do we do then? I I, I said it. Because I get it. No, no, I'm, I, I understand what y'all are saying. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just what trying I'm to. What I'm about to say isn't necessarily going against what you were saying. I'm thinking about okay. what I referred to in something at a separate time. Okay. Talk to me. It makes no sense to try to push forward in anything because, mm -hmm. just like how Paisley said, if we have no solidarity, what are we fighting for? Nothing. If we're all in divided mindsets, if we all are looking at life differently, if we have folks. And, and I'm just going to give, like, three separate examples. You have folks who believe dad isn't necessary. Mm -hmm. You have folks that believe dad is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. You have folks who don't believe in family altogether. True. We have the freedom to disagree. But unless we all come to a common ground that family is something that is needed. Yes. That solidarity between those three groups that seems to be lacking in the black community of right now. Because back, like you said, in the 60s, when we had our leaders and everything else, mm -hmm. family was the cornerstone of our culture. It was. And we... we whether it was through church or whether it was just another form or fashion. I'm glad you said church. We, we, we relied on family for the simple fact that's what we knew. That mm -hmm. was our bread and butter. Dad got up to go provide for family. Mom did she, what she did for family. And... I guess you could say the burden of your children back then were to not embarrass the family, be an upright okay. representation. Yeah, that's where you get your first classroom study of how to actually present yourself to the world without the deeper doctrine of how to present yourself. Yeah. See, when I was incarcerated, it hit me in the sense that I really, really was on some shit that made people really look at me funny. When you approach somebody and you're coming to them to actually be on a mutual playing field with them to actually better yourself and for them to better themselves, there's a lot of things you have to cut out to even become one with each other. Mm. One of them is religion. Because if I study Islam and you study Christianity, some folks have that mentality to where they want to go back and forth. Yeah. But what if I told you that the Quran actually accommodates the Bible and vice versa? Yeah, same with the Torah. They're all, but this is the we catch. all got the same God. Look, this is the catch with the big three. <sighs> What's up? They are all written from the same books. 
All Abrahamic religion. Facts. Yeah. Because look, if Abraham is the father of many nations, what nations did he bring? He brought Judaism and he brought Islam. Out of Judaism, you get Christianity because Neo-Judaism is nothing but Christianity. Mm-hmm. Now, the catch is there are many books that are missing, and most folks bump heads and go back and forth about written document, but they take it too literal. They don't actually take the time to actually sit back and digest what it actually means. So when you go back and forth on somebody over religion, they cause further division because it's already a schism at hand. I'm this, you that. To you be your way, to me be mine. We already divided because we don't believe in the same things. The yeah. word believe. It's a difference to believe and to know something. Now, when it comes to religion, we always putting our faith on belief. Belief has a lie in it because we doubt it somewhat because we have not touched it, seen it, or played with it. You have to know these things are factual and exact in order for those things to actually resonate with you. So when it comes to building with people, you have to actually erase everything that you learned as a child, everything that you learned up until now to learn the person that you're dealing with. Who actually have the time to sit back and do that? I'm not, let me rephrase that. Because, <laughs> because time is nothing. You make time for what you want to do. Yes. This but is who true. actually taking the time to actually do these things? Those who want to. You got some people that do, some people that don't. You call those people. But what the is the percentage of that ratio? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's disciplined people. Like, okay, you know how they measure intelligence and then they put it on a bell curve? And mm. a majority of people find themselves in the averages. Yes. If you look at it, there's like a good 5% of us who are disciplined enough to get the job done and actually accomplish something. You have the average group of people, and then you have that 5% that fail. Mm. It's the same thing with dating, same thing with money, same thing with anything. You have your average folks, you have your extraordinary folks, and then you have your folks who try and just fail. That's why success is so rare. You only have a only successful few people who wanted it so much they couldn't breathe without it. Yeah. So of course they're going to succeed. Interesting. And you know, sometimes it's not the fact they can't breathe without it. They just hell bent on the, on acquiring it because the way they grew up was not the way they would like to remember. Yeah. They would like to change the equation. Okay. Because, damn. Can you close the door for us, please? Thank you. Not nine yet. Because look at it like I'm looking at it. If you already have all these distractions, we're already divided, mm-hmm. how do you become cohesive all over again? You must relearn. You must take the time, like you said earlier, to do what's necessary to evolve. And my thing is, is like, so at what point or where do we start this? Because I know conversations like me and you having or the four of us are having, this is a great starting point mm-hmm. to build something. But how do I reach this person or reach that person with it? Okay. Because like you right, said earlier, right. even, with, even with religion, like you said, like there's a lot of bickering. There's a lot of tension with that. So... Right. Where do where is like I said earlier? Where is that silver lining, or where is that commonality? Where is that common ground that we need to build hey, from? You remember when we was young and the Matrix first came out? One of my favorite movies. It's one of mine too. When they came out, 
I watched that movie nonstop over and over and over and over. <laughs> See, my stepfather had a little chip, and we had a satellite dish, so we had all the stations. You couldn't miss us. Yeah. So when that shit was on <laughs> pay-per-view, that shit came on, went off, came on, went yeah. off, yeah, came back on. To back and to and back. I'm like this with popcorn every day. <laughs> I was eight years old. And, and the thing about the movie that resonated with me the most was not the fact that it was action-packed, but the philosophy that came with it. Yeah. See, see the catch is, as individuals, you can't force your will on nobody else. See, that, that's just the thing. When you force ill will on somebody else and they already protected because they do the necessary steps to take care of themselves, it always backfire ricochet back to you. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, when you wonder why things are wrong, going wrong for you, things are not right, well, shit, check your mental mentality or how you view the world. And maybe you find your answer. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. In that movie, that's exactly what they was telling Neo. And we all know Neo as a Neo fight to mean the beginning. Yeah. Neo spelled backwards is one. Yeah. All is one and one is all. Now we're talking alchemy. All is the world, one is me. One is the world, all is me. Or I can say all is the universe, one is me. It's the same difference. Because at the end of the day, all the elements you find in the universe, you find within yourself. All the planetary influences that rock off of energy are within you. Check your natal chart. It's, it's just that simple. So when he presented the red or blue pill, he gave the man a choice to choose which way you go about it. You can wake up or you can go back to sleep, and this is all a dream. And what did you tell me the other day? Woke is the past tense of awake. Yeah, woke is the past tense of awake. That's... Mm, okay, okay, okay. And then, and, and I got another movie for you that came out like a decade after that one. Talk Inception. That was a great movie. It is a great, a great movie. movie. It's yeah. one of the best movies of all times to me, and I love the soundtrack. See, in that movie, he stated something that most people overlook. He said, I'm the guy that go in and deal with your subconscious to make you feel a certain way so you can get the job done. But this is the catch. He cannot force you to feel this way. He can only give you suggestions, give yeah, you advice. He can, only, he can only give you certain images and things to lead up to the point of you actually changing your mindset yourself. Because if you do not change your mindset, you have an army ready to kill him at any given moment. Right? This is true. So knowing that he barreled deeper and deeper and deeper into your, sub, your subconscious, he take you into dream after dream after dream after dream. And he have to actually have some type of kick to arouse him from his slumber in that deep state of sleep to bring his ass all the way back. Yes. And he knows the negative vibrations from it because he did it to his wife. Now she hunts him on every mission he goes on. Yeah, that, that was the craziest part about that whole movie because, like he said earlier, I if I if I have to be successful, I'll do anything to get it. And, like... I think that's what his wife represented. You did, mm -hmm. you, you wanted to get so far that you'll even throw me in it. Yeah. So now guess what? I'm finna fuck with you the whole way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but like, and that's like the price you pay when you playing with somebody else's emotions. Yes. When you involve somebody else in your negativity, if you bring somebody off of the pedestal of actually being in a positive frequencies, somebody that's actually on a open up on the echelon chain of evolving themselves to be better. Mm -hmm. If you are able to pull them back down to negativity, when they hit, 
is going to hit a thousand times harder for you because by you being able to drag them down because they love you that much, they don't want to get rid of you for mm. you to better yourself, mm -hmm. it causes turmoil, not just for you, but for your kids and everybody else that come around. See, what I realized growing up is our parents weren't perfect. They had, a, they had a lot of demons they was dealing with, a lot of personal bullshit that stacked up and stacked up that they mm -hmm. never took the time to unlearn, to relearn. Mm -hmm. So as we grew, we grew to see it all because we feel them vibrations. And when we try to express them vibrations, we cannot express them because we don't know how to express them. So it come out in us doing little fucked up ass shit till we get our ass beat. And when they asked us why we did it, we trying to put it out why we did it, but it never comes out. It never comes out. Like, yeah. But see, and that, and, and it's those little nitpicks mm -hmm. that we have to get over to said build. If I'm going to go on her page and say, you can't be talking about niggas like that. You're, you're not one of us. How, how dare you? Da, 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 da. I'm nitpicking. Mm. So... Like in the Matrix, like in Exception, or in Inception, I should say. Inception. Inception. Which Great is the, another word for beginning. Beginning. So we need to begin, Incept, Neo, our way to greatness. Hey, you see how both of them were? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the beginning. yeah, yeah. You yeah, like that saying. shit, though? I like how you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Make hey. it all come together. But, like, they that's the thing, though. Friends. So, like... <laughs> As a <laughs> shut up. <laughs> as a culture, as people, as human beings who are melanated, we need to take steps to build mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all of it. Because we're so divided, like she said earlier, that it's like, and you said it, you nailed it, bro, because like we're divided. And you said, well, yeah, with religion, too. And, yeah, with this, too. And with that, too. It's a lot of little divisions. There's a lot of have. lines in the sand. There's a lot of lines. Hey, it's a lot of them. You listen so, to rock music? Yeah, I love rock music. We go to emo to night almost every other Friday. I do go to emo night every other Friday. You listen to Tool? Tool? I've only heard a couple songs from them. Listen to the song called Schism. You know, Schism is another word for division. Mm -hmm. The beat to catch your attention. But when they start, he says this. I know the pieces fit. Because I watch it fall away. You see what I'm getting at? And he's speaking of relations. So when you actually get to thinking about puzzles, when you play video games, is it not a puzzle? It's a big puzzle, yeah. It's a big puzzle. So knowing that it's a puzzle, everything that you do, alchemize off of what? Some type of riddle, some type of puzzle. Because at the end of the day, in order for you to unlock your DNA to be the best you every day, mm. you have to play the game. But see... And <clears throat> But this is the tough part about it is because once we start playing the game, only some niggas have made it. And the goal is to get more niggas to get out of said game or to be able to beat said game. You want to know what's the most? You play broken? chess? Uh, no, I don't play chess. I don't know how to play chess. I've never learned. I play dominoes. Chess is the game of life. Live life like a game of chess. The game of chess is not meant for you to actually brag about winning. It's not meant for you to brag about taking defeat. It's, it's set and designed for you to actually see the progress and the process of the steps that you take to better yourself because you always need to be 10 steps ahead of your enemy, mm -hmm. but 10 steps ahead of yourself. See, the catch is, is to be able to see the end game 
So when you actually producing and producing yourself in a light to be conducive to somebody else, while you build yourself, you have a great offense. Why? Because your defense matches. Nobody can fuck with you because everything is protected. Now, in order for things to be protected, you have to make certain steps by drawing certain measurements. Mm-hmm. Now, most folks don't get into that because as men, majority of us men don't know how to actually take the time to assess our emotions. Our emotions causes us to fall short every time. Yeah. Why? Because we was not trained to deal with those because our mothers don't teach us how to deal with our emotions. They enable us when we come to the point of being emotional. Mm. Our fathers are the ones that actually train us how to deal with our emotions. I'll speak toward that because I don't know what it is, but every time we have a podcast day, everything I watch before I actually come here somehow bleeds into it. To speak to that point, no mother wants to see their child suffer. Exactly. A woman is meant to nourish her child. Meaning, if you hurt, my job is to take your pain away from you. My job is to alleviate what causes you this great distress. Mm. But as a man, we are teachers. Meaning, I know that shit hurts, son. But hey, nigga, I need you to know what this shit feel like. Because I remember when I played sports. This is the funny part. I played sports middle school and elementary. I'm glad I you high said school, that. I hit high school and I stopped playing sports. I was forced onto the chess team. I was forced into student council debate. I was put in all the things that bring about leadership from reconnecting youth and team leadership. I went to Westfield. Now, my mentor is Dr. Walker, Frederick Walker. Dr. Frederick Walker, he was my principal at Drew Academy. The man literally came to Westfield and became the principal of Westfield just to make sure I graduated. Because he was my mentor. He knew me very, very well. And he treated me as if I was his son. Mm-hmm. So for me, let me give you an example. We get into a fight, right? Right. We fighting over who knows what. I just felt like you pissed me off because I come to school under the influence, right? Okay. We get in trouble. You sit in a sack, right? Mm-hmm. For the next three days, I got to come to school dressed up in a suit. My job is to ride around on his golf court. You know, his little golf course, little shit, you know, his little... Mm. We get to the classrooms. I go in the classroom. My job is to actually make assessments of how the teacher is teaching and tell the teacher how to better teach the student. Me being who I am, I've always been a researcher, even at a young age. So when it comes down to it, I have a king understanding that the way I learn is my, it's not the way you learn. Mm-hmm. We all have our own individual ways of learning things. So with that being said, as you being a teacher, you have to find a way to reach your students. Because when a student is ready, the teacher will present itself and vice versa. Now, I can sit in your class all day and not learn a lick of shit, but be the one that give you the most problems because I actually research shit. Yeah. And when I was in um, history class, we speak of World War II, my teachers didn't want me in class. That was the one time they actually gave me the green light to go wherever the fuck I wanted. I can skip, I can do this, I can do that. Why? Because they didn't want my opinion. Because I'm the one that's going to sit in class and be on some, I'm an instigator. I'm going to tell you what I mean. You know how they praise the USA for coming in and actually being the heroes to stop World War II? But they never want to touch on why we truly got involved. We got involved because Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Why they bombed Pearl Harbor is the fact that we actually was making tanks. We were sending weapons and tanks. 
to, to both, both fractions. Yeah. We went, nigga. Went, we were practicing look, uh, individualism. Individualism. And we was like, okay, you can get we some of hustling. this. I'm going to give you look, some of that. I'm going to give about you it. some of that. Think about Don't it. say nothing. When World War II hit, we was in the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if we in the Great Depression, that means that our state, our our society, our corporation, in other words, because, you know, the United States is nothing but a corporation. Mm-hmm. Most of these governments are. We was low because we didn't have the resources. So how did we come up? We had our women build tanks. We had our men in the military doing blockades to keep Japan and everybody away while we did our, our best shit. We made money from both sides of the war. And when Japan caught on to what we was doing, they they really wanted us to announce the fact that we really was double dipping after we said we didn't want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So if we want nothing to do with it, they should have free reign to do whatever the fuck they want to do, right? Right. So with that being said, we instigated. We we making sure y'all got the fun. We y'all got the resources to do what y'all need to do, and y'all resources is coming home to us. So we coming out of the dirt while y'all destroy each other. Japan caught on and was like, you said you didn't want nothing to do with it. And and by us getting involved, they bombed Pearl Harbor. And that gave us the reason to jump in their shit because now you fucking up our money. You fucking with the wrong one. So being in class, bringing this shit to the to the masses, to my my classmates, and then stumping on the teacher like, nigga, you can't, you can't lie to me. Mm. I research. I'm I'm deeper than you think I am. And when I used to tell them that, they used to think I really was on some bullshit. No. I was that guy that got out of school at 16 that would go home, roll me a blunt, and get on my computer and pull up all the awkward shit. Like, I studied certain shit. Like, most folks look at Masons. Most folks look at gangs. Most folks look at, nigga, I'm looking at all the above. I got ties in the streets. True. Who don't? But at the end of the day, I didn't study to be on somebody's ass. I studied to show proof. So when push comes to shove, if you really want to test me on what I am, I don't have to really discuss what I am. I could just say what I am. I am what I am. What I'm not, I'll never be. If you don't know what I am from me speaking that shit, you don't run the streets no way. You see what I'm saying? And if you ask me what I am, I'm going to take it as a form or as initiative to bring you in because if you're seeking information, you must want to get down, right? All right. So by me having this mindset at the age of 16, you can understand my teachers hated me because when any time anybody died, you know who had to take the time out to be the fucking counselor? Me. Against my wishes. Mm. All because they knew I knew everybody and I was able to communicate. I was able to give words of reason to make people understand that shit happens and take them out of the mood of being depressed. And I used to honestly hate it. I find it funny because it's what I do for a living now. Mm-hmm. But back then, I hated it. I didn't hate it because I was helping my peers. I hated it because you was taking me from my feng shui. I come to school under the influence of marijuana for the simple fact you can't teach me shit because I teach myself. And if you really want to push the issue, give me a pop quiz. I guarantee you I pass it with an A. And if I pass your class, this are the consequences. I ain't got to come to class. And I was successful with that shit my senior year and my junior year. So for me, knowing that and, and getting to fights, knowing the consequences, I guess I got the golden ticket. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't mind putting you in your place if you're wrong. And then coming to school dressed in a suit and come sit in your class and tell your teacher how she could better further your education, knowing that your education is important. 
Mm-hmm. Versus me just coming in there and just telling them anything and being on some fuck shit with you because we got into it. I have never been an individual to hold a grudge with a person over some petty ass shit. If I hold a grudge with you, it's because you put my life in danger. And there's only one person that put my life in danger. And that shit sent me to the penitentiary. I don't hold no grudges with that man no more because I took care of that man. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so with it being like that, you truly learn who you are when you put in certain situations. Yeah. Like, like you say, what is the silver lining? At that time of me being an educated young man, mm-hmm. not truly understanding everything, if you was to ask me then if I cared about myself, if I lived or died, I wouldn't have been able to answer that. Mm-hmm. But it took somebody to threaten my mother and my sister and myself. See, when you threaten me, me being a dude that used to run the streets, being a gangbanger, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I'ma laugh at you, but like nigga, when I see you, it's, it's whatever, on sight. But when you put my mom and my sister in and knowing they have nothing to do with it, knowing that I've already been told by my father, who's incarcerated, if anything happened to your mother or your sister, I'ma break out the bitch and I'm coming for you, and you gotta answer to me, nigga. I got big shoes to fill. <laughs> so, so in my mind, when you put them in the mix of things, yeah. you questioning me on a level: Do I really love myself, and do I love my family? Because I can avoid you. But let's say you take that chance and you show up at my house when I'm not there and something happened to my loved ones. How I'm going to live with that knowing your beef was with me, not with them, but you took the time to act your anger and your vengeance on my family Mm. knowing that they had nothing to do with what we had going on. Mm. Now you put me here in a predicament to where it's either fight or flight. And I refuse to bow down to anybody that actually threatened mine because out of love for myself and for my family, I'm going to defend what I love. I'm going to protect what I love. Yes. And I had to learn the hard way because I had a woman ask me right before this shit happened, do you love yourself? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, how much? And I was like, that's a good question. I never thought about it. (laughs) And then a month later, I'm supposed to be on my way to the Marine Corps and, and this man threatened my mom and my sister, calling out my address. Now, you got me feeling like, you got me fucked up. Yeah. I'll be there Wednesday. I was there Wednesday. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Like, that shit happened. I went to the service, and I got dropped from the service from the same shit. Now, you see how karma catches up. What you project into the universe always come home to you, mm-hmm. regardless if it's positive or negative. And in this sense... I'm not saying that I was a negative being, but at the same time, I didn't have no resolution as a man to sit down and talk to you as a man at the round table. Yeah. I still behave like a child. A child is quick to throw hands. A man is quick to actually use his voice and reason with the next man. And if we cannot come across reasoning because we have such different points of views, then we Mm. go to war with each other. Why should we go to war with each other when we should actually be coming up with some idealism about how we can actually come together and collect resources. And that's the thing, like... Beautiful. <laughs> that was cry. like a monologue, that's, and it I was just... cry manly tears, but I'm not. That was just... Beautiful. It was great. Yeah, no, he did his thing. He did, it, he did his thing. So, like, taking what you're telling us, how do we now apply that to the next generation? How do teach. we now apply that teach. to our... Teach. Well, I mean, it's exactly. more than just teach. No, but this like, the catch: teach is not always verbal. When mm-hmm. you lead, you lead by action. Yes. By them watching your actions, they become curious to why you do what you do. And then when you open your mouth and you show them the way that things should go, mm-hmm. they become to respect and understand your philosophy. And if they're very intrigued by what you have to put out, they always come back. 
It's like saying this. I got little cousins. When they were born, it was right before I went to prison. I was actually the first person to actually call up on their names, and they was like this. In all, they looked, whatever I said went as babies. Mm-hmm. Now, I went to prison for seven years. I come home, I didn't expect it to be the same, but as time passed and I actually got to mingling with my little cousins, they know no, they're not even 10 years of age. They still yeah, elevating. So it's like when I come home and I actually start to emit my energy towards them, I didn't come full force. I'm like this. I'm moving like a pawn on the board because in my mind, who am I to come home for prison and demand you're respecting your love? Who am I to demand you to be submissive? I am nobody. Mm-hmm. But let me show you who I am. By me showing them the way to go, they low-key start to gravitate back to me like I never loved. And it fucked me up because when I came home, my intentions was not to be at the house. Yeah. I moved to West Texas. I moved to Winter, Texas. 45 Winter, minutes. Texas. 45 minutes outside of Abilene. Ooh, Abilene, yeah. Texas. And, and this town that I stayed in only had two traffic lights. That should tell you how big it was. AKA, it's not on the map at all. This is Boonies. The Boonies. Nigga, nigga, the Boonies was known for two things, three things. They was known for the tire shop. They had KB tires, Apple moving, which is where I worked. And they was also known for the trucks because they had a truck stop. And that was it. That was it. Two trucks. <laughs> look, two two lights and you passed through the city like it was nothing. Like it wasn't shit. Like it, like it wasn't nothing. Okay. I, and, the na- and, the, and the city was actually divided into two neighborhoods. That was one big neighborhood. The new and the old. Ain't that some shit? Like, I could walk to work. It'll take me 15 minutes. But to catch about that 15-minute walk, the more I walked it, it went from... The first time I walked it, it was actually 30. But it went from 30 to 20, from 20 to 15, from 15 to 10. And I'm like, damn, I'm just going across the street, passing the light, just going straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm already at work. I was that guy that go to work at, I leave the house at 6.15, I'm at work by 7, be one of the first ones there. We don't go out till like 8.30. Meaning when we get there, we got to strap the truck down, make sure everything is good to go because we delivering furniture. We picking up furniture. And we on the road by 8.15 to get to where we're going. Nine times out of 10, we're not getting started till 9.45, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I got so cold with it to where I wasn't just doing one job a day. I, I got to the point where I was doing four or five jobs. The more jobs you do, the more money you see. And then if you're good at what you do, I don't care if you show up high under the influence or not. I don't care if you just turned you, took you a goddamn, you went to the store, got you some fireball, crown, whatever. I don't give a fuck. If you are professional, mm-hmm. you know how to override the things that you do in your pastime to actually be productive and professional amongst people who do not know you. And when you're like that, that shit bring you tips. And tips come in all forms of fashion. And in order to get to the point to where you're being gifted by the universe to receive, you mm-hmm. have to have the mindset for it, regardless of what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would tell them. Have the mindset and have the goal-oriented... Well, not goal-oriented. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Have the... Um... Hmm. Let me help you out. See, when it comes to kids... Those who are still out of that, they're not even their adolescence yet. Those who are still what you consider children like 8 through 11. 
12. Mm-hmm. When it comes to them, you have to be more hands-on because it's a lot that they don't understand because at mm. that age, think about what you understood and what you were doing. So, I wasn't doing shit. Nothing. <laughs> see, see, I was... I Picking was already, boogers and playing PlayStation. See, see, me personally, <laughs> I was already out and about at that age. Mm-hmm. I've already seen so much in my lifetime to where I feel like I could take the world on. So me having that mindset knowing I had to grow up twice as fast, because I don't know if you know it, but TJ, Jay, Daniel, Nisha, I got my ass beat for them because by me being the oldest, I actually took on most of the responsibility and the management of the things that they done. Mm. By me being the oldest, I was the natural born leader, the one that got beat when the team didn't play their role. Second in command. You know, and the thing about that is half the time I'd be asleep. I didn't had a long day. I did my best not to put my hands with somebody because I was irritated. I come home and go to sleep. They in the house having fun. They say they break something. Who you think getting ass whooped? Not them, me. So growing up that way, it made me very disciplined in the sense to where I was no nonsense. I'm quick to put hands on people because if I got to get hit behind the shit you doing, you go feel my wrath. They showed me right then and there what the chain of command was. Now, when things go wrong in organizations from foot soldier all the way up to a position of authority, uh-huh. you violate. If I put you down and you did this, then I'm getting violated. Which means everybody that had a part to play in what you did is going to feel my fucking wrath. Because there's no reason to hit, no reason in life my jaw is being dislocated off of your actions alone when you did it. But then again, if I'm teaching you and I'm showing you the ropes, I'm low-key responsible for you, right? Right. So with that being said, when it comes to those between 8 and 12, you lead by example. And when they do something that qualifies them to put themselves in position to be in trouble, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily come at them aggressively. You go talk to them and ask them why they did what they did to get a better understanding of their mindset. And then you show them through conversation what they could have did better. You see what I'm saying? Because truth be told, whooping your children don't always bring about the gratification that they got the message. Nope. By me getting beat for my siblings, that was not the case. You got to talk to me. If you don't tell me what I'm doing wrong and how I can actually apply myself to fix it, shit, we just bumping heads. Because if you just beating on me, I'm eventually going to get to the point where I'm going to be snatching your belt and be punching on you. Like, you got me fucked up. Why are you hitting me? I don't like to be hit. We come to the profound example of why so many people find fault with spanking and why there's a justification of it. People who are usually against it to see you as hitting your kid, people who are for it is like, no, it's more than that. You're being disciplined because you violated a rule, and I'm explaining to you what yeah. happened. See, see, it's the difference between explaining to your child why you whooping their ass versus just whooping their ass. But first, before you whoop their ass, you need to talk to them. Because if you don't take the time to learn your child or your cousins or whoever it may be, you will always be put in a position to be the bully. I dislike bullies. I bully bullies. All my close friends that's a geek that are geeks that didn't run that don't run the streets that have never had no cores in the streets. They love me for the simple fact when shit hit the fan, I was the one to stand up for them. I stand up for my siblings. Hell, they got me beat. You see what I'm saying? So why would I want to see you over here picking on this man knowing he can't defend himself? Come take it out on the nigga that got some animosity on his chest. Yeah. Do that shit to me. And and by me being like that. I've always been the same individual. I never changed. But the only thing that's changed with me is the mindset. 
I'm to the point now where if I can't talk to you, what the fuck I'm wasting my energy for? Yeah. Like, I'm not finna just actually put my hands on you unless you hit me. And if you hit me, I'm gonna automatically take it like a life and death situation. We're gonna fight and we're gonna rumble so at least one of us can't take it no more. And I'm always gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. Meaning, if I get the best of you, I'm gonna be like, you're good. If you continue to rumble with me, I'm gonna put you out your misery. Because at the end of the day, I really don't like fighting. Mm. I'm a man that feels as if if we have an issue, we should be able to speak. Because as men, as being mature, you should have a reign on your emotions, just like I have a reign on mine. Because, you know, growing up, we didn't have men teaching us that our emotions can make and break a decision that we have. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Majority of them taught us to suck that shit up. Don't show no emotions. But for me personally, that didn't do nothing but leave me to prison. Me actually holding my emotions tight. So knowing that I had to actually erase what I learned to relearn myself, to know myself, to actually evaluate on a higher spectrum, I did what I had to do. So by me doing what I had to do, I'm one of them individuals that pay attention to body language as well as what you say because I'm going to dissect your intellect with your emotional intellect, and I'm also going to pay attention to your body language. By doing that, I have a better way of teaching you because I can relate to you because I took the time to learn you. Now, there is the saying, if you don't understand the minds that are around you, remove yourself because it's not beneficial to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm. You actually have to know the people around you because if you don't know the people around you, you're really wasting your time. I've run out. We run out. <laughs> you know, those people. <laughs> I took a precursor just to get the conversation going, but I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. No, no, no. This is great. This is this is awesome. Like, like real shit, though. Like, when you're dealing with people who do not really actually take the time to evaluate the true way they feel, mm. they mm. come off as aggressive. They want to manipulate and control what you have going on. Mm -hmm. But me growing up that way, I'm a, I'm a manipulator as well. So me knowing what I can do as a manipulator, I don't manipulate because at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you guys this because this is the true thing about me. When I was younger, when we was about, when I was like 15, 16, matter of fact, when I was eight, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a pimp. I want to be that nigga that stand and have a stable of women to do what I want them to do, how I want them to do, do it, it bitch. when I want them to do it. And I have the conversation to do it. But then as I got older, knowing that my both of my grandfathers are pimps, mm -hmm. it done on me like this. What sense does it make for me to get out here and manipulate women for my own mean when I can actually manipulate to actually have them manifesting the things that they want by actually telling them to get their education, telling them you don't have to sell your pussy to make money. There are different avenues. There are different avenues. I have no qualms telling you to do better. Have I dated strippers? Yes. Have I dated women who actually went to college? Yes. I do not discriminate. What I look for when it comes down to a woman is somebody to actually understand me and be loyal to me like mm -hmm. I am loyal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the thing is, if you want to do that to yourself, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm going to show you there's different ways to accumulate. Because at the end of the day, think about it. What do you get out of devaluing yourself? Nothing. So if you're running up your body count, 
Oh no. Just to make a dollar. Oh no. I can't have prizes. No, no, no. Think about it. How can I respect you as a man knowing that I want something exclusive? I want to date me a woman that none of my partners have had the the liberty to say that they didn't had sexual intercourse with. I want something that I can actually bring home to my family that is the accommodation of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be accommodation to me and every nigga that I know. That, because then if that's the case, where is your value? That's the message that gets lost whenever this conversation is had. Man. You either have somebody who just quite honestly doesn't understand that mature point or you're mm-hmm. being over-talked to the point you can't make it. And yeah. that's said so far, but, like, bro, not cause, enough. Because we're living in a time where it's like you're just supposed to accept it. You're just supposed to, no, and I can't. Man. But, that, but that's boundaries? the thing. But that's the, the, but that's the thing. Like Perfect I can't. Words. See what I I'm can't. Saying? Where are your boundaries? Where do you? Where do you draw the line? Exactly. If I accept you doing this all day, every day, I should be comfortable with you going do this with your girlfriends, and then y'all going to find different men outside of me and Rob. your boyfriend type things. I'm not going for that because as a king, I'd be goddamn fool to allow another man to touch what's mine. I'm not saying that in the sense of. Oh, I'm overpowering? No. As a king, I know what I bring to the table. Mm. As a man, I know what I bring to the table. Mm. If you don't want me, shit, that's your loss. I'm not fucked up by it because I know who I am. Rob, what conversation did we have that was so similar to this that we kept getting crap, but yet at the end of it all, everybody was on our side? Remember when we sat there and talked about abortion and the effects of it instead of just taking the whole... Oh, you shouldn't do it. It was like, no, we're no. just gonna go ahead and tell Let, you what happens. This is all the side effects that go with it. This is all that can happen to you when you do it. Do Be cautious. Yeah, support it. Look, I'm pro no life. No uterus, no opinion. I'm pro life. We run no into we run into this so many times. <laughs> but I always hit with the counter argument of then why do you have so much of opinion upon what a man does with his body then? Mm, that is a good question. Because you know what's funny? I promote my I promote majority of my stuff on my social media. And when I be scrolling through TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, I be seeing shit that be having me like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Because, like, it be certain women that be on there that be talking about if a man ain't doing this or that, even with yet, then I be like, damn, what if that man is actually trying? What if that man is in a situation like I've been through, been to prison, got an F on his back, and he actually going out his way to make something happen, and he's not selling dope. He's not out here manipulating people. He actually mm. manifesting a greater destiny for himself, but he's just not where he want to be. Highlights. Well, then that you, man you, needs you, to you wait till he gets himself together before he tries to find a mate. I hear you, but you also got to understand, no man wants a woman after he reaches the pillow swing of where he want to be. Because at the end of the day, we don't look for a woman just for a piece of pussy. We look for a woman for a piece of mind. We want y'all to be our peace. Now, if y'all not healed enough to be our peace, we keep it going. Because at the end of the day, you can't bring me happiness. I bring myself happiness. You have to bring yourself happiness. In order for us to even come together, we both have to have a true understanding of ourselves. Because if we don't, it's going to always be a low-frequency vibration relationship. It's always going to be some form of toxic. And, and me being in prison, me going through all the shit that I went through, going to the Marine Corps, dealing with all these different women who started off genuine and didn't shit it on me, I wished them well. But at the same time, I wouldn't allow them back in my space knowing the shit that we have been through because if I allow them back, where's my boundary? You're going to come in with the mindset that what you did was cool and you're going to find a way to do it again, thinking I'm going to accept. I'm not. But when it comes to men, 
we rather have a woman with us that bring us peace while we're in our lowest. So when we get to where we're going, we give them the world. The entire okay, thing. So then, you know okay, what happens? Okay, so let's talk about this. Then what happens when that woman, she believed in you and then she done wasted eight years of her life now. Eight, I, eight I, years I, now. I, I get what you're saying. 24 to almost 33. Wasted eight years. You believe in this man. You believe in this stuff and he leaves you stagnant. That's why I just recently made a video before I did me and Harold had a long conversation about my expectations moving forward. And then I have guys, different fields. I have one that... No, no, keep going. One that's an influencer and then one that's um, works on private jets. And they both, they're my age. Well, they're both 33. I'm about to be 33. That's a magical number. It is. And that's why I've been telling Harold my 33rd year... It's going to be so abundant. Like, that's why the universe is clearing out what needs to be let go. It's funny how all this is happening right before, like, I'm literally about to be 33. And then my eight-year relationship's over. It's like, it's time. If you don't mind me asking, what's your zodiac? Well, I'm a Sagittarius. What's yours? I'm a Taurus. Okay. Do you know your night of Troy? Like, my rising and. The whole thing, your Venus, your Jupiter. Uh, no, no, no. no. I, I don't know the whole thing yet. See, me, I'm a man and I know my whole natal chart. I study mm-hmm. astrology. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is one thing that hit me that fucked me up when I was incarcerated. Because you know, like I know, they say our futures are already written. What we will be is already mm-hmm. written in the stars. Mm-hmm. This is true. Because if you read your natal chart, it tells you things about yourself and what you should expect in your life before you hit the pendulum to swing to where you want to be. And at the time, I thought that shit was bullshit. When I started studying, it fucked me up because I was already incarcerated. It says a hell of a lot about me. And, and, and it matches who I am. So when it comes down to it, I look at everything for what it is. Somebody actually gave a comment. Here, Abby. Who gave a comment? If I'm looking at yeah. this profile picture correctly. Yeah. Give me a second. It's Xavier. You know this person. Uh, the relationship should be while both parties are on the come up. Yet nowadays, most women want you to have your own stuff together financially and your own stuff before you even cuff them. I'm not going to sit here and say that is not unfair of them to ask that. I can't go live. Here's my comment on that because. I know this is going to unfortunately make it seem like relationships have become transactional because they are. When it comes to... Is that my phone? Yeah, that's because we're too close. Shit, I'll turn, I'll, I'll turn it off. Sorry. Fanta. You're thinking too late. Whiskey Fanta. Okay. To articulate this in the less amount of words more than none, because I know everybody still wants to turn on the mic. Here's my honest look at relationships. Seeing as how I'm a man, this is the course, the angle that I'm coming from. The woman that I decide to be with should be a compliment, not a liability. I know a lot of times the business conversation and transactional talk will come into it, but here is how it is supposed to be plainly. Who I am should not be infringed upon, just like who you are should not be infringed upon. Thank you, Rob. 
The reason Back. it shouldn't be infringed upon is because this. Both you and I have worked on each other or have been through life long enough to where we have come to this conclusion. Now, if I decide to deal with somebody and they're at a place where they are still wounded. How can you really be with them? Exactly. Because you're going to end up wounded, suffering, and basically answering for things that you did not cause. A.K.A. traumas. Absolutely. Yeah. It is hard to be with anybody full of traumas because they're going to constantly bring you traumas. It's always about them. They do not see you for who you are because at the end of the day, it's I, 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 I. And in a relationship, the pronouns are supposed to be we. Exactly. We, us. But this is what I like. When it comes to it, most folks scream I as an individual because they still haven't healed. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling my little brother a couple of months ago because we had this conversation. He was telling me that he feel like the fam is spiritually dead and not connected for the simple fact that we are all separated and doing our own things. And I had to get him to realize that you are worried about the wrong thing. Allow folks to be themselves. Work on yourselves to become a cohesive glue to bring people together. But at the same time, you only do that for your bloodline if you truly love them. And by you being yourself and actually enacting out who you truly are, it should make them do the same out of the love and respect they have for you. I know you weren't there, but I, I basically felt it and witnessed it. When grandmother passed, that was our glue. The moment she passed, Everybody went in their own separate direction. I know I was incarcerated when it happened, but my great-grandmother on my mother's side passed back in 2005, 2006. I was in high school. Now, she had eight children. Each of her children had at least three kids apiece. Now, after she passed away, my cousins, I don't see all of them like that. Only ones I see like that are the immediate, the ones that came from my grandmother. So when you say what you say, I already know what that means because when you have a true cohesive backbone to hold things together, it makes everybody stand accountable because their boundaries are strong enough to keep everybody rotating in a positive frequency to where if we have any upsets or anything we dislike about each other, we can come to each other and actually heal ourselves with each other Versus actually avoiding each other and being like, fuck the next. Because at the end of the day, once you lose your cohesive glue, people feel like they can just disperse and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly why he feels that way. Because when it, quite honestly, when it happened, we went from seeing each other every Sunday. Pretty much every day. Into to just, just the major holidays. And then I remember... at. Whenever I see Essence at a funeral, we always said we need to stop meeting each other at funerals. Oh, I be telling my family members that. Be honest with you, I don't even go to those anymore because people got the wrong concepts of funerals. It's supposed to be a celebration of life, but everybody is dreary, down and out, and things of that nature. They grieve. They become low vibrational because you pass. I'm here to celebrate your life, not your death. Because just because you died on this physical realm don't mean that your energy do not live on. As long as we remember you, you are here. It goes deeper than that. Everybody has a vessel, and every vessel are controlled by energies that make a unique print of a characteristic. You did not mix this well. 
Nigga. <laughs> hey, 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 but you see how I'm putting that? Everybody have a unique characteristic. Mm. Everybody has something on this planet that they're going to do and be remembered for. Absolutely. So my job is to celebrate your life while you were here and see you on to your next with bliss versus dragging your name because I'm being selfish that you're not physically here anymore. And, and knowing how things go, I low-key don't go to funerals because... I wanted them individuals. I'm going to celebrate you regardless if you are my face or not. Because when your energy resides off into the, into the cosmos, a part of you also come back to me if we're family. Because we share the same genetics. We share the same ideologies. We share a lot in common. So why would I grieve your life when I'm here to promote life? Yeah. Death has no meaning until time plays a part. Now, when it comes to this 3D construct, we look at everything, the material, for like, this is what I want. But you forget when you dream, you're not really, your body resting, but your mind and your soul is elsewhere. You have more work to do. So if you're traveling in the dream state, dealing with people, having people, fighting wars and et cetera, why do I believe when you leave this physical frame that you're not out in the orbit somewhere doing your job? I know you're still alive doing your best shit. And you looking at me, frowning on me, because by you crossing over, you're now one of my ancestors who protect me in the 5D. I can't look at you as if you're gone because you reside with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to celebrate you every day, all day, if I see you or not. I'm not going to come shed no tears because you're gone. No, mm-hmm. we finna party. Pump yeah. that drink. It's more of a, it's a cultural thing that uh, that a lot of black people have lost. Because in a lot of African cultures, when you die, when you pass over, they didn't even call it death. They called it passing. The passing. Yeah, they didn't even exactly. call it death. They so have, They have jubilees. Yeah, and Remember they would celebrate, they dance, they'd have a food. casket on their shoulders, that's a jubilee. Yeah, they'd be... Da- and had a little... Yeah. And they'd be jigging with that hoe. I'd be like, damn. That's like we're saying this right here. Did you know that voodoo mean nothing but spirit? Yeah, I mean, it's been demonized. Yeah. But what but what does spirit means in the dictionary? Oh, I don't have the actual definition. It means breath, life. <sighs> I just took a breath. That spirit. Mm-hmm. That's a form of voodoo. Oh, my God. The more you know. The more you know. You see what I'm saying? So most folks look at voodoo as something bad, but if you think about it, in, in third world culture, Africa, Africans, they look at spirit as something sacred because we all have what? Breath. We all have life. Spirit plays a part of your breath. Now, you hear people say, I'm spiritual. What makes you spiritual? We talked about this. Remember? I was like, spiritual means a lot because even demons are spirits. Even demons are spirits. You are right. But what are demons? Negative spirits. And how do they become negative? Held on emotions, grudges, anger, things that you don't let go in this life. Yep. But if that's the case, don't they make that demon a human? Now, you see what I'm getting at. Everything is based off of spirit. If spirit is breath and breath is life, if you have a low frequency, you're automatically considered. But you can't use that word because if you actually go back into old text of what the word truly meant, it meant Damon. And Damon is somebody what you would call a, a god or a demigod because they are born of gods. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And this is something that I learned not too long ago, that fucked me up. Like, damn. So all these words that we consider taboo back when we was kids is actually something that we actually should look into. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's more like a low-frequency being. Like somebody's so caught up in their shadow that they don't recognize 
went in being low vibrational because they so used to being vibrational mm-hmm. that when it comes to it, they're going to give you low vibrational shit. So, do you believe that us as black people, we need to start hiring, <laughs> that's terrible, but hiring our vibration? Yes, we should raise our vibration. Raise our vibration. But it I was starts say, with acknowledgement. Hire your vibration. What are we talking about? The yak. Okay. It's I, the yes. yak. It, <laughs> it, it starts with acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge when you're wrong. You actually have to acknowledge when you're not actually living up to your true destiny, your true meaning. Mm-hmm. Because we all have roles and positions. You have to find your position by knowing yourself. And most folks don't take the time to learn themselves because they're so used to somebody telling them who they are that they're accustomed to it. And that's what keep us in low vibrations because instead of you looking into it for yourself to do your research about yourself, you're comfortable with people telling you what you should be yeah. or what you should be doing. But I'm on some shit like this. Why should I listen to you knowing that you want me to live vicariously for you? I cannot live for you. You cannot live for me. I have to do what I have to do. You have to do what you have to do. If it's meant for us to cross paths, we will cross paths. But allow it to be in a positive manner of a manner of us manifesting greatness versus us being stuck in our low vibrations. Mm. You have not lived your life until you have tested all your limits. In a healthy Facts. way. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. It's a thin line. They go both that. ways. They go both ways. Because we know many of associates from our TSU days who tested Boy. their limits and ended in, a, in some in some ish in some ish in some situations (laughs) and we know some associates who tested their limits in a positive way and found themselves on the right side of things yeah and it's like but that but that's kind of what I'm I'm trying to get at so where do we like I said earlier it starts with the individual it starts with the group it starts with a certain path a silver lining a, a, a what it's out there it's out there it's right there on the left side of the uh, vending machine. <laughs> to answer you very shortly, mm-hmm. everyone is obsessed with figuring out who they are as an individual, but it's a disservice to yourself to forget your identity within the group. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's where you find purpose. Not everybody's meant to be a rock star. Not everybody's mm-hmm. meant to be in the spotlight. Not everybody is meant to just be this all-encompassing figure that people are obsessed with. And I feel a lot of times, and I hate to even say I feel this way because I know it, I see it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people want to be in those positions Mm -hmm. because they feel they aren't loved in their own personal lives. So instead of taking the risk of being loved by somebody who is actually physically not showing it to you, Mm -hmm. you would rather be loved by strangers in a very shallow well, yeah, because just an outside, not because an that's really yeah. what it is. When you are a fan of somebody's work or whatever they do to be known, it's not really necessarily genuine. We can use corn for example. Those women are loved by a certain type of man, but it's not real love. Yeah, it's a sexual desire. It's lust. It's, it's I, I see you getting your back blown out, or I see you getting nutted on, or, or whatever the case may be, and that excites me in that realm, and only in that realm. And I use that extreme example because on the 
I guess you could say from female to male direction, mm-hmm. you have a lot of men who are killing themselves in the gym. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you shouldn't go. No, go. Figure no, get, out, get fit. Get fit. Figure out how much you health can is wealth. Press, all those things. Health, health is absolutely is wealth. wealth. But you have men killing themselves in the gym just mm-hmm. to post up a picture so they could go ahead and be seen on the Explore page so women yeah. could come for them. Yeah. A lot of us are looking for love, but we are looking for it in the shallowest of waters instead of what it actually is. Being understood by somebody you appreciate. Now, I understand the outside package because I ended up sending you a video and Darius that I wanted to discuss more in depth, but I believe we're in our last 10 minutes. Oh, no. Whenever whenever it comes to people searching for a mate or a spouse, we get so caught up on the outside appearance instead of what they are or who they are as a person. Yes. Just to snitch on myself, there's a young lady who I'm marching band with who I've recently been talking to. I have high hopes for our first little date or whatever, only for the simple fact she clicks off on a lot of those switches that a lot of other women don't for the simple fact it's like, oh, you're you're like a compliment. You're like a glove and a hand. Yeah, type, type of deal. Yeah. So I... I don't find myself nervous, but I find myself more along the lines of I'm going to tread lightly so I don't just overexcite myself. Yeah, and fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? You of know, course. Being cautious. Absolutely. More cautious. Because yeah. by me knowing that you also are irritated by people, I don't want to find myself in the hole of, oh, yeah, I only deal with you when I'm happy instead of I'm dealing with you because, like, I resonate with you. Yeah. you Like you said, compliment. You compliment me. So, so I'm going to compliment you. So to flip that card over into your question of what do we do as an individual community, all those things, mm-hmm. you have to find kindred spirits and you have to find permanent interest in order for people to move forward. So like my okay, your soul family. There you your go. Your soul family. Because like-minded individuals. It's going to take generations to fix what it took generations to break. And that's the thing, like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with me, you know, if if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, but as long as I, I got the ball rolling, I'm okay with that. Like I told I'm you good once before, that. it starts with you. Start with you. You have to switch the way you view the universe in order to change your mindset. It always starts with you. Each one teach one. If I want to make sure that I'm leaving my imprint to somebody they're going to find themselves worthy of the information because they will prove themselves worthy of the information. Mm. When a student is ready, the teacher shall present himself. Vice versa. Yeah. You can never say you truly learn something until you're able to regurgitate it, until you're able to teach somebody the same things that you learn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I I have, per- this is just a personal, like, I just wish we could have done this already. You know what I'm saying? And I understand, like I, like we talked on earlier, factor, there are certain factors that have kept us as a people, as an individual, as a collective from doing certain things. But it's just like, fuck, like it should, we shouldn't have to keep having these conversations, if that makes sense. We shouldn't have to keep doing this. I believe I both. get it, but like we need to get this ball rolling. But you also We gotta know, get this ball rolling, y'all. But you know repetition creates 
the practice of mastering. Yes. You have to do things over and over, over and over, over in order to master. Because everything that I've experienced in my life, I had to bump my head a couple of times before I mastered the task. I believe In it. order to actually speak the way that I do. Because I have always written poetry. I have mm-hmm. always written music. I have always been a beat maker. I have always done these things. But my cousin can tell you this because I wouldn't, I wasn't the individual to share because I kept that shit close to my chest because it brought me personal gratification mm. due to the fact that I pretty much played on the fact that most people looked at me as a misunderstood individual because when they see me, the first things they'll say is, oh, that nigga crazy. Oh, oh, I don't trust that guy. That dude got screws loose. Not because I was a bad person, but but because the way I vibrated and the things that had happened to me in my upcoming, mm-hmm. in my upbringing, people will look and they'll be like, oh, no, that's not the way I want to go. But in a sense, you're judging the book by its cover because you have not took the time to open the book and discover. Like, to be honest with you, when people actually find out that I wrote poetry, I was 17. I've been writing poetry since the age of 10, really nine. I went to school and I gave my teachers hell because I felt like they couldn't do shit for me because I educated myself. But the things I paid attention to was different type of poems I can write, different from freestyle to diamond poems all the way down to the goddamn haiku. I paid attention. You can't tell me I missed that. Nah, I made sure I had them notes. Mm. I made sure I knew how to do that. So when it came down to displaying my personal passions, I knew about how to do that. But at the same time, if you just look at me and you are intimidated by me by the things that I've been through in my personal resting face, you will never know nothing about me because you're judging me before you actually take the time to get to know me. So we need to start learning each other more. No, you need to learn yourself first. By you learning yourself. Well, you, well, yeah, yes, no, 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 hear me out. By you learning yourself, it teaches you how to read body language. By you reading body language and understanding yourself and your own thought process, you understand when somebody bullshitting you and when they telling you the truth based off of body language. And then when you actually start to dig deeper into yourself, you start to pay attention to nature, the things around you. Mm -hmm. When you start to do that, you actually start to siphon the energies of who's a manipulator and who's not. And as you go deeper into that, you know who's for you and who's not for you. So you know how to move in society in order to bring light to somebody else. Because in order to find light, you must go into your own darkness and do your own dark night of the soul before you can illuminate and elucidate the truth to the masses. Mm-hmm. If you don't take the time to do none of that, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Because I can tell you anything under the sun, but until you look into yourself, you will never have shit. You will never be shit. You will never be able to okay. grasp yourself in a sense okay. to where... You can actually go out and teach any and everybody truth without actually having to pull out a book you can show through your actions. Because most folks look for you to actually pull some proof out by opening up a Bible, Quran, or Torah, Mm. or Mm. or, or Buddhism books, or Confucianism books. They want you to show from where you study. But what they fail to realize, everything you do in life is a study from the birds chirping to the goddamn geckos crawling. Yeah. Everything is a life lesson. You've touched on something that I find myself, I want to say, embroiled in every time I go get a haircut because there's a barber that I go to. And it always messes with my mind because you already know I'm a very visual person. I'm going to peep the scene before I even get into the scene. Been like that forever, cuz. 
The barber that I go to now has a Masonic symbol outside. And for me, knowing that with my father being a Mason, starting a lodge and everything else, he's deep into the Bible, deciphered it, all these things. Mm -hmm. When I go here and I realize that these men are godless men, it messes with my head. Because I can tell you the miracles that I've witnessed in other people's lives in my own life. But when I get here, I hear a lot of denying of the text and a lot of things. And just like how you said earlier, people take it too literally. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of metaphors, a lot of allegories, and a mm. lot of poetry that goes into those books yes. written by separate people witnessing different things. Very and it's true. odd. And as much as I know... And Rob has been on the opposite end fighting with me over this. <laughs> Even though I know I'm a Leo in my Zodiac and I know a majority of my natal chart, I don't really take that whenever I go meet other people. I it's like just to, your secret. I like to trust people as they show me who they are. As you should. Because as much as you share a Zodiac sign with somebody who I'm a friend with or anything else, you could have gone through something in your life that had made you something completely different. Completely different. But if you know, like I know, if you read your native chart, it'll call it out. Absolutely. Because when I was looking at my native chart, it calls everything out. Because my life path number is number one, which means leadership. Mm. Now, I have been put in many positions of authority. It's funny you say that. I took a personality test, and it described me as a protagonist. Now you see what I'm getting at. Yep. So, so by me, <laughs> not like, like for real. Like this shit. He's a Scorpio. Okay. My opposite, the sister side of the Taurus. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, how are you? Head up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, legit, how you no. been? Like, like this shit has its points. Like, your characteristics is not just based on your sun sign. Mm -hmm. All your planetary influences make your unique creation. So, knowing this, I don't too much really just question people all the time about what you are, what's your moon, what's your ascendant, what's your what's your Venus, your Jupiter, et cetera, et cetera. Because me personally, I like to stay mysterious sometimes because I actually study occult information. Like most folks, I asked somebody who had nothing to do with masonry, what do the G within the square compass mean? You know what he told me? He said it meant God. I said, yeah. I said, what did God stand for? He couldn't tell me. He couldn't tell me General Ordnance Destroyer. He couldn't tell me that. That deals with allegory. It deals with mathematics, which means the G within the square and compass stand for geometry. Now, I'm a God spill the beans. I'm growth and development. I'm a GD. I pop the six all day. So when it comes to it, the square and compass is something familiar to me because it's still the seal of Solomon at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You have six points. Within that six, you get that G. Now, let me remove myself from my street ordinance and tell you as a 5%. Arm, leg, leg, arm, head creates your vessel, right? Mm -hmm. That's a five-point sense. When you put your spirit into it, you're standing on your six. But at the end of the day, you don't become God until you actually apply the knowledge as well as the equality. The equilibrium in you is meaning you have balance of you. You know you. Now, you see how I'm just using numbers to play with this shit. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm using the aggregory, the algorithm, whatever they like to call it when they come down to the people seeing your shit on social media. Yeah. It's the same thing in a different form. When you actually take the time to refine yourself with knowing self, 
it gives you equality. And when you add information towards the equilibrium of equality, it borns God for the simple fact six plus one is seven. Or should I say five plus two is seven. Power, refinement, and wisdom all born in God. You see what I'm saying? And I'm saying that in the sense to where when it comes to actually building yourself, you have to give yourself grace and you also have to give yourself a time to actually reflect and learn on what it is you want to become and who you want to be because you create who you are by deciding who you want to be. And most folks don't take the time to do that. They watch TV and they watch these reality shows and they think shit cool and they want to follow what they see versus actually figuring out what actually drives them. I would say a lot of time has been wasted on social media and TV. Being completely candid, I actually had a conversation the other day. I stopped watching TV in 2010. I can say I stopped watching TV in 2012, 13. Yeah, I ain't stopped watching yet. That was when the up... We're going to keep it real. I'll be was... watching my Walking Dead. I'll be watching my shit. I'm oh. Okay. You actually watched something that took some creative time to actually create. I saw the upswing of reality TV, and I was like, this is going to be the most profitable next probably 10, 20 years of TV because reality TV does not take much money to produce and right. yields the most money for the simple fact. Advertisement, and a lot of times it causes the most engagement because people like drama. People so like, like the horror drama. film. That's why soap operas rake in the most ratings during the daytime. That's why the news is the most highly publicized thing. They don't tell you what you need hours. to hear. They just tell you what they want you to hear. Exactly. And they They're just exactly. entertaining you. It's and called it, programming. That, they can program you to... And, and when you program somebody, what are you doing? You're showing them something until it becomes their reality. Bam. You also got to look at it like this. I did go to the Marine Corps. I oh, might not have... Real quick. I'm, I'm sorry. How much time we got left? We actually are over time, but I'm going to give it to 9.05 so we could do our out. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. Okay, let me continue, continue. real quick. When I, when I was in boot camp, their job is to break you, brainwash you, and force you to work as a cohesive unit. Their job is to make comrades out of the people within the platoon to make it a stronger one unit, one man band type thing in order for you to progress. I got dropped in the process, but the thing that got me was I stayed in trouble. I was the one that stayed on the quarter deck. When I opened my mouth and spoke my mind, my opinion, they always said that I was, what's the word, belligerent? <laughs> and, and, and when they used to say these words to me It used to piss me off Like how the fuck do you think I'm belligerent I'm actually kicking you game I speak with my hands I do a lot of this So they was like So what you're a rapper I actually do rap What you expect me to say No I don't I don't freestyle I don't do none of that That is a pastime for me I would get on the microphone And go stupid dumb Just cause I can and also teach somebody. But if you want me to get into the rhythm of being one that can actually slay something on the metaphysical and in the reality of, nigga, I'm about this shit, I can show you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and in that sense, they used to hate me for that. And then knowing I had coffee case before I left, they used to tell me all kind of shit. If you don't change your ways, you're going to prison. And I used to be looking at them like, man, I'm busting my ass to be the guy. What the fuck? I ain't did nothing but what you told me to do. What the fuck? And then next thing you know, I'm being dropped behind my case. So you telling me I went through all these background checks. I went by like five. 
two local, two international, and one the FBI and the CIA. You know what I'm saying? And you just now saying I got a case in parallel. I got five months left before I'm a official Marine. Now you want to drive me? If that was the case, you should have kicked me out when I got here. Exactly. You let me go through and learn your system to go to prison to realize it is a parallel universe. The only difference is I get paid to be property. Your property, your go boy, your your yes man, aye aye sir. But you get paid off me to sit here and collect as a slave going out here, four-stepping, you know, in the whole squad. You know what I'm saying? All this shit, cooking in the kitchen to make sure the inmates eat. You get paid off me holding the bed and then by me having an uh, aggravated case and my father having an aggravated case. You get 10 bands a day off of me and I don't get none of that money. A day. That shit fucks with your equilibrium when you sitting in there. Like, it forces you to be angry but I had to ask the reason with myself, why am I angry? I'm angry because you're making all this money off of me. There's nothing I can do about it because I signed for this. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, I have people in here who's genuinely going through the same stress that I am, but on deeper levels because they have kids. Yeah. And they missing their children every day. And you wonder why we be in this whole fighting each other. Because we irritated, but I had to come to the understanding that how can I take my anger and my wrath out on the next man when it has nothing to do with him? Regardless if we're sharing the same similarities and punishment, what I did to get here has nothing to do with you. How can I be mad at you for being here with me? So when it came to the point to when me actually started to articulate thoughts like this, I actually started to change my mindset so when I came home, I don't wreak havoc on anybody and everybody based off of where I've been what I've been through, and what makes me me. Mm. I had to literally learn to let bygones be bygones. And out of maturity, I will happily teach anybody who wants to know, but at a price, because my time is no longer free. Okay, so in closing, because let, let's bring it all back. Because <laughs> yeah. we went here, we went there, we went yeah, there. we, we going to bounce around. We, we, bounce we bounced around. around. We had so, a meeting in the tonight. We had what? We had a meeting of the minds. Meeting of the minds tonight. Okay, so in closing, what's a good first step for our community? Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Mm, It's a closed division. Closed division. Look within. Stop blaming others. Look within. Stop blaming others. AKA acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. So, yeah, I'll I'll say the same. Um, Start with yourself. Lead by example. Um, it has been Space City Renegades. Follow us on Instagram, S underscore C underscore R underscore 713. Space City Renegades on YouTube. You can follow us on all of our socials that you are seeing pulled up on the bottom of the screen. Because we're yes. going to edit this before we put it out. Yes. Our guests, we appreciate you for coming. One hey, last shout out, guests. Say a lot, but you shout yourselves out real quick, real quick. I be Sage the Great. You can find me on Instagram. I be Darius PV on Facebook. You can also find me on Spotify where the, where the magic happens. Bam. The only place I want y'all to find me at is YouTube, <laughs> Paisley Hayes. I'm one hour away from monetization, so let's get it. Let's get it. Look at you putting in the Thank you guys for entertaining our shit this week. We are Space City Renegades. Skull. Yeah.
Yeah, you can go. Leave the door open so I can see. 